You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the OKC82 Podcast. We are still here at Chesapeake Energy Arena. I am Madison Morris, and this time, no Brady Trantham, but I do have our very own franchise intern, Derek Parker. You know him as Intern DP. Uh, He is going to join me for this edition of the OKC82 Podcast. Tonight, we are talking about the Thunder's miraculous win over the Memphis Grizzlies at 99-95. to Uh, Russell Westbrook definitely stepping up and taking that final three-pointer which tied the game at 93 with 104 left on the clock definitely sparked a lot of energy in this arena Uh, he actually was able to bank another shot shortly after that extending it to 95 93 and the Grizzlies were never able to come back this was the first time the Thunder had led since I believe sometime in the first half uh, the second quarter and it was just it was kind of miraculous honestly just because this game was not all that exciting it had a lot of just bad basketball in all honesty it wasn't exactly what thunder fans wanted to see for a sunday night even though it is 10 below freezing outside but uh derek let's just shoot it over to you overall just what were your thoughts on this game and why was it just so treacherous to watch it was not pretty at all it was not even half pretty uh shooting was just not there tonight uh let's see where am i at here Terrence Ferguson, 1 for 5. Jeremy Grant, 3 for 11. Dennis Schroeder, 6 for 22. Russ Westbrook, 7 for 20. And Markeith Morris, 3 for 9. Shooting just was not there. Defensively, all the players were uh, they were pretty proud of their performance on the defensive end, but shooting was just not there tonight. Definitely not. And uh, speaking of defense, like Steven Adams, he was able to grab 22 boards tonight. 14 of those were defense. Um, 10 uh, defensive rebounds were grabbed by Dennis Schroeder tonight. Defense was definitely there. I really think that's what helped the Thunder secure this win here in the end, just because Memphis went cold there in the final, uh, I'll say about like the final two minutes. They just went absolutely cold. Their offense had really been not great because the Thunder were able to hold them to 95 points on the night, which is great. But at the same time, we're watching this game and it just seems like over and over and over. It's just a Memphis shot. Um, God, who was it? Um, Avery Bradley and DeLon Wright. Did I even say that right? Don't even know. But, you know, they were just lighting it up. Avery Bradley tonight was 11 of 19 on the floor. He was 2 of 6 from the three-point line, finished with 27 points to lead the Grizz. Uh, Jonas Valanucius, or Jonas, actually. I never knew that it was pronounced Jonas until tonight. Uh, But Jonas Valanucius finished with 16 points. He was 6 of 13 from the floor. He missed the only three-pointer he took, but he was 100% from the free throw line. And that kind of made a big difference in this game because the Grizzlies were 18 of 19 from the free throw line. Uh, go to the Thunder, 24 of 33. Just absolutely insane. And that kind of signifies a little bit of sloppy Memphis defense. But at the same time, if you're going to be sent to the line that many times to have a little bit of help from the charity stripe, you're going to have to make your free throws. And the Thunder really struggled from that, uh, from the charity stripe tonight. But another point that they uh, really just could not do a very good job of, the three-point line. Nine of 30 overall. 30 attempts were taken in this game, 13 from Russell Westbrook. 
uh, six from Abdul Nader, but I'm not even going to want to link Abdul in this category because he was actually pretty solid tonight. So, Derek, what did you think about Abdul? Uh, he just looked way more confident than I've ever seen him. And it's not really that he played any better. I think he just got more opportunities with the ball early. Um, he had eight points in the first quarter, uh, but he had six shots. And when's the last time we've seen him have six shots in a quarter? Right. So. No, Abdul Nader, he was just, he was pretty spectacular tonight. And it was very much so needed just because until the fourth quarter, no one was really showing out. And so you had guys like Steven Adams, who definitely was efficient. Uh, like I said earlier, he was very efficient on the defensive end, grabbing 22 boards tonight. Uh, he finished with 13 points, which was great because he was 6 of 10 from the floor. But he didn't touch the ball as many times as I would have liked to see, uh, see Steven Adams touch the ball. And uh, it, it was just... It was just kind of weird because Abdul Nader has not exactly been the kind of person who has been super consistent for this team just because he does come off the bench, but there were a couple of games that his defense is really what cost the Thunder a game. So tonight he comes off, and Derek read this off earlier, but he was 4 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 6 from the three-point line. He shot 100% at the free throw line. He just he looked very good tonight. And like Derek said, he was super confident. He played with a lot more ease tonight. I think the guys really utilized him a lot more. Uh, Billy Donovan had nothing but praises to say of Abdul. I don't even think Eric Horn from the Oklahoman could finish his question about Abdul. And Billy was just automatically in awe of him, just saying he did a great job tonight. He really contributed heavily on offense, which is exactly what they needed. So yeah, Abdul Nader was definitely my player of the game for this, just because he exceeded my expectations. But uh, Derek, let's talk a little bit about um, Dennis Shooter right now, because he's kind of been a topic of just a little Eh, from Thunder fans lately tonight he was six of 22 from the floor one of four from the three-point line but he finished with 17 points I mean he shot 100% from the free throw line but Dennis Schroeder being inserted into the starting lineup for a second consecutive game just why do you think that that was a good call from Billy and the coaching staff to give Dennis another shot out there I mean, Dennis is obviously one of those guys who he's just a natural scorer. He's naturally going to be able to score the basketball, get open shots, create his own shot, and distribute to other people too. So I think going with the, the small ball lineup with Dennis in there was a good idea. Um, Memphis kind of did too. So I know that Dennis has kind of – he's had his struggles lately, mm -hmm. but he does get shots to fall. As He's just a natural scorer. That's what he does. That's his, his thing. So – like his niche. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's why he got his, his second chance. Yeah, and I agree. I actually asked Billy Donovan in pregame uh, just what was the difference because the first time Paul George was out a couple games ago, he inserted Markeith Morris into the starting lineup. And so I asked Billy before the game tonight, you know, what are the differences besides the obvious physical differences, height, weight, all that good stuff? But what are the differences in the playing styles you see in Markeith Morris and Dennis Schroeder? And that helps you make your decision on who's going to fill that uh, void for Paul. And, I mean, he kind of gave me the regular answer. It kind of depends on how a team comes in and how they prepare and how uh, they insert their starting guys out there. And so, um, especially for the first game where Markeith was in, that was just – that just made a lot more sense. But then uh, a couple nights ago in the 76ers – or no, I'm sorry. The 76ers is when Markeith made his, right? Yes. Yes, okay. So, uh, sorry, but with the 76ers, Markeith was able to start in there just because that's more of the players that the 76ers were bringing to the floor that night. Uh, last night with the Spurs, since this was the second night of the back-to-back, -back, 
Last night with the Spurs, it just made more sense for Dennis to be out there because the Spurs actually inserted a lot of their guards as well. So Dennis did, did make a lot more sense in that aspect. Um, I agreed with Billy putting Dennis back in the starting lineup tonight. It didn't it didn't look great at first, but at, I mean, in Dennis's defense, no one really looked mm-hmm. that great. Yeah, it was, it was just... a very slow, slow start to this game. Yeah, it was just a poor shooting night all around for the Thunder. Luckily, they they got stops and could bring themselves back in the game, but no one shot well tonight. No, no one just looked. Everyone looked a little lethargic to start this game uh the memphis grizzlies were able to lead by 13 at once and i'm not trying to dog on the grizzlies right now but when you have a team that's sitting at the very bottom and standings and they're coming in here on your home court and dogging you to a 13 point lead in the first half that's it it's just like setting yourself up for disaster Mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of people were very disheartened watching the start of this game tonight and seeing a team like the Grizzlies come in here and just own the Thunder, and it just did not look good. Uh, and someone who really didn't look good at first, we kind of talked about it already, but was Russell Westbrook. And Russ tonight, Derek went ahead and read this off earlier, but uh, Russ was 7 of 20 from the field. He took 13 three-point attempts, only made four of them. And I really like this question in post game because Billy was asked, you know, what – prompted Russ to take that final three-pointer to tie the game at the end when he had been two of 12 at that point or I think it was like three of 12 actually but um, it just wasn't a good shooting night and that's kind of what Derek said earlier but what prompted him to take that and Billy Donovan just straight up said that's just kind of the player he is he comes in here and he plays with confidence despite all the adversity he has to face and that's exactly what he did tonight. He just took a chance and he took that shot. And I think that is really what solidifies a great player in Russ because, you know, he's not going to back down from a challenge like that. He's not going to back down from an opportunity. And all he wants to do is lead his team to victory. So kind of just your thoughts on Russell tonight. Um, not even just tonight, but just overall. Honestly, I've been waiting for him to kind of revert to that MVP style of play with Paul George out. I figured he'd be taking 25 shots a game in this stretch without Paul. 40 plus points um but he really hasn't changed his game a whole lot to like with the absence of Paul he really has just played the way he's played all season which is good but kind of not what the Thunder need right now with the absence of Paul so I thought he looked pretty sloppy tonight um but he uh got some clutch minutes in there at the end and Thunder back in the win column. Honestly, that's all it really takes is just a couple minutes of confidence to really lead your team back, especially if you're within arm's reach like the Thunder were there at the end. So, I mean, hats off to Russell for, like Derek said, not really changing his playing style, just continuing to uh, try to be forceful, try to be dominant on both sides of the ball. Um, You know, he did have four turnovers tonight. I think last night he had seven. So it's just that's kind of something I've been noticing about Russell is his ball handling has been just a little bit more sloppy but I think that's something that's just going to come at this time of the season when you're 63 64 games in things are getting a little rough out there you're going to have to adjust to the injuries you're going to have to adjust to the fatigue you're going to have to adjust to your body kind of shutting down but I honestly don't think that's the thing for Russ right now with his body shutting down I think right now um, this team is just having to go through a transition of you know, how are we feeling as a whole right now? And it, I really like what Billy said pregame. He said it's not up to one guy to make adjustments when a player is out. It's up to the entire team. And so right now, Russell's going to have to be a leader, and he's going to have to get these guys more into focus. But 
uh yeah that's i would there's not too much to talk about this game because everything exciting happened within the span of one minute <laughs> nothing happened in the rest of the 47 minutes that was really worth noting tonight because it was just a lot of avery bradley making clutch shots for the grizzlies um, a lot of sloppy ball handling from the thunder great defense but offense was just a little poor it was a little uh lackadaisical and so it just automatically hurt except there was one point where raymond felton it was a it was a nice little exciting stretch for the thunder there in the second half because raymond felton was able to make a really nice jumper and then i think abdul nader or no sorry um Dennis was able to lob it up for Jeremy Grant to uh, throw down for the alley-oop, and it just brought life to this arena for the first time in the entire game. And uh, Raymond Felton just went straight up to the crowd and was just like, get off your feet, come on, like cheer us on. And I tweeted it out. I would run through a brick wall for that man. He is just a fantastic human being. So, I mean, overall, Derek, this game was just pretty boring. Yeah, it uh. It was not fun. It was not no. one of the more fun <laughs> games this season, for sure. And there was another Kiss Cam proposal, and we cringed extra hard at it. Like, I, am, I am now two for two on <laughs> Kiss Cam proposals this season. It's just, it's the most awkward thing ever, especially in a game like this where it's super slow paced, nothing exciting is going on, the Thunder are losing. The Grizzlies, man. And it's to the Grizzlies, and then all of a sudden the kiss cam comes on and the guy drops to a knee and you're just like, no, Listen, like, this if is not you're, the time. If you're gonna propose during a sporting event, at least make sure the team you're playing is not <laughs> the literal worst team in the Western Conference. <laughs> Throw in like some some 76ers, maybe the the Warriors. Yeah. Drop some some stacks. Do something. Not the Grizzlies. And honestly, at least make it like where the team it's like an exciting point of the game. I mean, I guess they don't really control when the kiss cam comes on, but I don't know. It just maybe plan a little bit better for that. But uh, so that's pretty much what we got to experience tonight. Just some pretty poor basketball there until the last minute of the game and uh, a kiss cam proposal. But we did ask for a couple of questions on Twitter. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast tonight just because, like I said, there's really not too much to talk about. Um, and we've already rambled on enough about poor shooting in the Thunder. But uh, we did ask for a couple of questions – or we did get a couple of questions when asked. And uh, the Brody 34 at All Missionaries, uh, he asked Derek and myself, how many games will the Thunder win during the four-game road trip? Derek, what do you think? Obviously, that's dependent on whether Paul George is going to play. Right. Um, I would say if he does play, we have the Timberwolves, Trailblazers, Clippers, and Jazz coming up. I think with Paul George in the lineup, I think we could get three of those four. Um, now we've been spotty, obviously, as of late, but I think we could win three of those games. Maybe without Paul George, it obviously that's going to go down. But Yeah. No, I completely agree, and um, I think – the Thunder success as they go on this road trip is definitely going to be determined by Paul George coming back or not. Um, I don't know, because reading off that schedule, Minnesota, they have not been able to beat Minnesota once this entire season. And one of the times I just wanted to pull my hair out because it was two days after they had just uh, hired this brand new coach, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves completely falling apart but this team just got owned by Andrew Wiggins and if they want to avoid something like that they're going to have to learn how to scout that guy they're going to have to learn how to adjust to the type of playing style that 
the Timberwolves play with, and that's just with a lot of agility, a lot of good shooting, and just some really strong guys who are going to trip you up. And uh, so they're going to go to Minnesota on Tuesday. And, I mean, I don't know if Paul George is going to be back. I mean, obviously none of us know. They haven't made that known to us yet. But, I mean, Paul George not being there on Tuesday, that could really start pretty poorly for this four-game road stretch. And I think if they're going to win any of them, they're going to have to win the first one. Mm -hmm. I, uh, if the Thunder don't have Paul George, I don't know that there's a chance we even win against the Timberwolves, honestly. Back to what you said about Wiggins. I'm convinced that if he played in this arena at as a Thunder player, he would average 40 points a game and win multiple MVPs. Cause oh, probably, yeah. he does not miss in this gym. <laughs> There's something about Chesapeake Energy Arena that really draws Andrew Wiggins and the shots he takes to just sink him. So uh, that's going to be really interesting. If I had to pick a record for this four game, um, I'm going to be optimistic, even though I probably shouldn't be. I'm going to go ahead and say 2-2. Two and, two. and I think... If they can really turn it on, I think they're going to be able to win uh, Tuesday night. And I do think they'll be able to take the win in Portland. However, I do not see them because the next night after Portland, that's going to be another back-to-back, and it will be the second night. They're going to be in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Uh, The Clippers, you don't want to sleep on them this season. And, of course, Utah is lighting it up right now. They... They didn't necessarily destroy, but they definitely owned the Milwaukee Bucks the other night, last night. And it was a beautiful performance from Donovan Mitchell. And that's what you're going to get, especially going to Salt Lake City instead of having them here in Oklahoma City. So I'm going to go ahead and say two and two. Yeah, I believe Utah has now beaten the number one Western and Eastern Conference seeds in the last two games. So they're going to be a tough team to beat for sure. They're going to be on fire. So, yeah, those are our predictions for that, the Brody 34. Um, This kind of leads into what we were just talking about. about. Our last question is from Roaring Thunder, and they ask, obviously not having PG has a huge impact on the game. However, is he really that valuable to this Thunder team to the point where they struggle against the Grizzlies at home? I mean, you want to hammer this one out? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we were kind of talking about this at first. Paul George is a huge, huge piece to the Thunder. He, you're not going to win a ton of games without him. I mean, we look like a, we look like a lottery team without him right now. <laughs> but I think it's partly Paul George being absent, and partly players like Dennis Schroeder mm-hmm. and Terrence Ferguson coming back to earth a little bit. There was mm-hmm. a, a stretch of games where they were just shooting at a ridiculous clip. I mean, Terrence Ferguson was shooting crazy from three and Dennis Schroeder was was killing it so I think it's a mix of Paul George being absent and some of these other players that we've had been playing so good they're they're kind of coming back Mm -hmm. down to earth now so it's it's a mix no I agree and um I mean I'm gonna say yes uh PG is very valuable to this team I think any anybody can tell you that even if they're not a Thunder fan um Paul George has been so impactful on this team since about mid-November. And, I mean, he definitely was impactful before then, but he really started sparking a lot of interest and a lot of talk about the MVP race towards about mid-November. And, you know, Paul George, he's been 
he averaged about 40 points at one time and that's just that's really good especially when this franchise has solely belonged to Russell Westbrook the past I want to say five years Mm -hmm. and now you have a guy like Paul George who comes in it's his second season in Oklahoma City and he's just lit it up the way he did and so I mean it's pretty obvious the Thunder have now I mean, they snap a four-game losing streak, which is great, but they were two and or they were zero and two without Paul George before tonight. Now they're zero and three. Uh, things are gonna get real interesting. Or did I say? Sorry, they're one and two. I can't even think tonight. Um, this, yeah, they're uh, one and two now. This three-game stretch without him might be his best case for the MVP. Like we have, yeah. The fact that he's carried this team to what it's done, it it looks unreal from from our point of view now oh it absolutely does and I so I'm gonna say that yes Paul George is that valuable to this Thunder team um do I think they're capable of winning without him yes obviously they showed us that tonight um I think that they do have a good chance of beating some of these teams that are coming up even if Paul George was not in the lineup would it help them a lot more or would it help their case a lot more if he was out there on the court playing absolutely it would help their case a lot more if Russell Westbrook was out there, if Steven Adams was out there. I don't really think this is a, oh, they can't do anything without Paul George kind of situation. I think it's just that Paul has proven his talent over this entire season. And now that he is not with the guys out on the floor, it's really impacting this team. So I think it'll be interesting to see when he does come back because I feel like it will be soon. Um, I don't see it being anything too serious I Brady and I were in the arena on Denver and we never once saw him like I don't know have any kind of reaction with his shoulder so it was actually really surprising when that came out that he had hurt his shoulder in the Denver game but I mean overall um I think when Paul comes back it will definitely help but I think this team just has a lot of things to figure out because I said it earlier I'll say it again and this these are Billy's words not mine but you know, it's not up to one guy to make adjustments for when another guy is out. It's up to the team. And so that's just something they're going to have to figure out. But uh, that's really the only two questions we got tonight. So we are going to go ahead and wrap things up. Derek, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? I think I'm good. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me on the pod tonight, guys. Thank you so much for welcoming Derek to the podcast. Hopefully he'll be another guest with us uh, later on down the road. Hopefully we'll be in the playoffs as well. So, uh, well, the Thunder will be in the playoffs, so you will get me and Brady as well. But uh, we'll see about that. Um, I guess that that really will do it. But coming up, uh, like we said, the Thunder are going on a four-game road stretch. They're going to start in Minnesota against the Timberwolves on Tuesday. Uh, shoot over to Portland on Thursday to play the Trailblazers. That will be a huge game, something you definitely definitely want to look uh, in on. But second night of a back-to-back will be on March 8th, which is Friday, against the Los Angeles Clippers. And then before they come back home, they're going to make one more t- uh, stop in Utah to play the Jazz on Monday. And then they will be back here in Chesapeake Energy Arena on Wednesday, March 13th, as the Nets come to town. That will be fun. But thank you guys so much for listening tonight. Thank you for all the questions. We enjoy all the contributions you guys give us. And, yeah, that'll do it. The Thunder do win the game, and they snap a four-game losing streak at 99-295 against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Yeah, that'll do it. So have a great night, everybody.